Good morning, I'm Pastor Allen, it's good to see everyone. It's kind of a, a unique Sunday in some ways, we already talk about Super Bowl, that's once a year. It's also Groundhog's Day, if you believe in that kind of stuff, that a little animal can determine the weather for the next six weeks, but anyway, he predicted a, a mild, a mild uh, rest of the winter. But anyway, uh, so much for that. But the other thing is, I forget, my wife told me this, I, what it's called, the, the today's date written backwards, is the same. It only happens every 900 years. And Mike said he'd see me in 900 years. But anyway, um, I don't think we'll care in 900 years. So uh, welcome. We're glad that you're here. We're, we teach on series, meaning we take a topic, we talk about it for several weeks. And I don't want to say I lie, but I said this, we do this for four weeks, and I just got more to say than I want to talk about this topic. So we're going to do it. This is week four, but we're going to do it a couple more weeks. But today's topic is attention deficit disorder. Don't raise your hand if that's, that's you, <laughs> all right? So a little review first. Some of you haven't been here. You can always catch up on, uh, where is it, on YouTube, or on uh, Facebook, or on our website. It's called the PATH Principle, and if you're not a spiritual person, a religious person, this is a principle for everyone. It's not a, a biblical principle. Direction determines destination. So if you get south, head, south, uh, north on 95, you're not going to get to Florida. Everybody understands that. Everybody knows that. Nobody will argue with that, right? <clears throat> but there seems to be a disconnect with other areas of our life. We think we could head in this direction financially and get over here financially or this way in our relationships and get over here. So that's what we've been talking about. <clears throat> and intent is not enough or wishful thinking is not enough. Well, I intended to, to, to treat my body right and have good health even though I didn't. So intention's not enough, uh, and so this is, uh, principles can work for us or against us, and when we are going against a principle, uh, there should be danger signs going off. I'm headed in the wrong direction. If I get on the road, again, get on the highway headed a certain direction, and it's, it's got signs saying you're headed toward this place, and that's not where I want to go. So... I got a warning sign. No, that's the wrong way. I, have to, I can turn around. But in life, it's a little more complicated. And we talked about last week, well, if we just had enough information, we'd make the right decisions, right? And Jeff was telling me something he heard, uh, thought this was cool. He said, if information was enough, we'd all be millionaires and all have six-pack abs. Um, I don't want to see your abs. You don't want to see mine. <laughs> all right? Uh, but there's information out there. If that's what you want to do, if that's what you want to spend your time and energy doing, you can have six-pack abs. So it's not a question of information. So we kind of summarize this principle this way. We win or lose by the path we choose. So if I want a, a, a financially sound path, I'm going to win financially. A relationally sound path, I'm going to win relationally, whatever it might be, and vice versa. Now, last week we talked about another principle called surrendering. Surrendering always precedes direction. Now, if you're a parent and your kid comes to you and says, hey, mom or dad, I want you to tell me what you'd like to do and then I'll decide if I want to do it. Is that okay with you guys, parents? No, I'm the parent, you're the kid, this is what you do, right? That, that, that's how it works. Um, and so, not exactly the same, but with God, God says, okay, I want to give you the right path, but you've got to be willing to take it. And so... Surrendering is a big part of it. So today, attention deficit disorder. Now, I grew up, we had this, but we didn't have a name for it, right? Um, and maybe you've been diagnosed with it or, or uh, one of your children. 
uh, we all have this to some degree. Now, if I'm up here talking long enough, I know some of your minds are going to drift off other places. Some of you fall asleep, I, I, you know, <laughs> you're definitely, uh, but uh, we can only concentrate on something for so long. But it's significant what distracts us, what gets our attention. So that's what we're going to talk about today. <clears throat> so we summarize it this way, the things that grab, and I like these words, grab or capture, things that grab or capture your attention influence the entire direction of your life. All right, so, you know, it's grabbed me. It's pulled on me. It's actually captured me. Uh, it influences our lives. Now, one of the interesting things, when I was trying to learn, what I did, learn to, ride, to, to drive a motorcycle back in my 50s, when I was 50, uh, in my 50s, um, I had trouble learning how to steer the thing. I would be going like this, and it would be all kind of jerky and stuff, and uh, David Bird, who was our director of missions at the time, he had ridden a bike for a long time, motorcycle. And he said, you just look where you want to go. And it, was, it was, just blew me away. I got on my bike and I started looking where I wanted to go and it was easy to steer. A simple principle. Just look where you want to go. And so, as a ch- uh, first as a church, this can work for or against you. As a church, mentioned our, our vision. Six or seven years ago, some of us were reading a book by Andy Stanley called Deep and Wide. And we're reading this book, and it just completely makes sense to us. And it's about being an outward-focused church. And it was just a revelation to us. And so it captured our attention. And so consequently, we made some changes, and we continue to focus on this. We talked about it yesterday in our retreat, because you have to continue to focus on it. So we believe that was something good that grabbed our attention. Give you another example that's really personal to me. Oh, my wife's in here again. Good. All right. So back in, <laughs> I finished seminary. I think I talked about that last week. I finished seminary in December 75. So in 1976, I'm attending Myersville uh, Baptist Church, actually in a school, and my pastor suggests, I, never, I didn't know anything about Washington County. I was in Frederick County. There's this little church in Washington County called Eccles Mill Baptist Church. It could be some help. Maybe you want to go there and help. So I said, okay, I'm always trying to help and learn, learn to be a pastor. And so I went to this little one-room church building. Uh, anyway, um, small congregation, 20 couple people. And so I attended for about a month, and they sang happy birthday to you when it was your birthday. So it's in mid-February, and this young girl goes up front, and they sing happy birthday to her. And so I ask her, how old are you? I think she's about 16, that's how old she looked. Maybe didn't even look that old. <laughs> but anyway, she was 18. And it was something about when she answered me 18. I asked her if she remembered that she does. Uh, and she said 18 that grabbed my attention. As up to then I saw her as a child. Now I saw her what? As an adult. Or as potential life mate, as it turned. So anyway, slight problem. She had the same boyfriend all the way through junior high. Uh, sophomore year, I mean junior year, and this is the middle of her senior year in high school. So um, he was an, I want to say a jerk, nerd, whatever I want to call him. <laughs> but uh, question is your taste, dear. I'm sorry, but anyway, <laughs> it improved. <laughs> so um, this goes on for a couple months, and I'm kind of a youth leader, and I'm kind of flirting with you. tell you how I play. We'd play softball, and she'd be out in the field, and 
I'd hit it to her so she'd have to run and chase after it. So, but anyway, she has a boyfriend, right? And so it comes about April or so, and I begin to start thinking, this is the person God wants me to marry, but this is confusing. She's got this boyfriend, right? And so school, she graduates from high school, heads off to Louisiana for half the summer. I have no contact with her. So during that time, she breaks up with her jerky boyfriend, <laughs> long distance. <laughs> and so she still had my attention, and, or captured my attention. So as soon as she gets back, I think first time I see her on a Sunday in, at the beginning of August, I ask her out. And then by the end of the year, we were married. So that was another way that, good thing that got, grabbed or captured my attention. And those of you who are married, uh, probably could tell the similar stories, right? Um, <clears throat> but it also can work against us. Uh, negative things can capture or, or, or grab our attention. People that have addictions, and uh, many people have addictions to different things. It, it's something negative that grabs your attention. It captured your attention. It's captured you. It's it enslaved you, right? Uh, whatever it might be, drugs, alcohol, anything. <clears throat> That's a negative thing. We all can probably think of maybe financial investments we made that we shouldn't have made that for some reason captured our attention or grabbed our attention. It was a bad investment. Uh, don't raise your hand, but how many have you seen an advertisement on TV and went and bought something that afterwards you wish you hadn't, right? They even have half-hour commercials, infomercials, you know, to try and talk you into buying something you don't want. So there's lots of things that can grab our attention that are negatives as well as positives. Um, why do they grab our attention? Because there's an emotional component to that, and we'll talk about it in a few minutes. It becomes emotional. But the truth is, things that grab or capture our attention influence the direction of our lives, and we're talking about destinations or directions. Now, sometimes they don't necessarily grab our attention. They, we choose those things. Hopefully, at some point in your life, if you're not a Jesus follower, we're delighted that you're here. You can uh, certainly benefit from our service. But as a Jesus follower, somewhere along the line, you and I made the choice to follow Jesus, right? <laughs> that was a deliberate choice, and we gave our attention to him. Uh, other things... Uh, Choice of vocation, uh, choice of friendship, choice to come to this church. You've made that choice um, to give your attention in that direction. But sometimes, maybe often, uh, it's negative things that distract us. And I put on your outline. Captured attention is often a distraction that can lead to destruction. Uh, emotional destru- uh, relationship destruction. Some of you have been through that. Um, it could be financial. Um, you could have, you know, lost all everything you had financially. Uh, it could be health-wise. It could be vocational-wise. It could be uh, lots of different ways. Uh, so consequently, we don't want to be in destruction. So we need to pay attention to these distractions. <clears throat> I got to thinking. My sister's here. Um, and you can think about your family, your parents, and some of you are still, you're still living at home, but those of us that are adults, think back to your parents and think about the things that, quote unquote, distracted them and how different your life and my life would be if they did, weren't distracted by things. Uh, our parents were weekend alcoholics up until I was about 13, we started going to church. Luckily, 
they got distracted by church or captured their attention. And so that changed, you know, their legacy or my legacy, my life. Um, they didn't have a good marriage. <laughs> so whatever that meant, um, that wasn't a good role model for us or it didn't make, uh, you know, the greatest family life. So if our parents would have made, paid attention to some aspects of our lives, our lives would be different. Some of you are parents. It's important how, what a, a captures your attention or distractions that cause in your, in your relationships, in your life. So this is, this is important. This is critical. This impacts uh, people's lives. Now, we believe in a personal God. There's a God that wants to have a relationship with you, that loves you enough to have his son to die for you. So consequently, we would imagine if this is important, that God would have something to say about this, right? And so we always look at Scripture, and some of you might not be big believers in Scripture or or the Bible and think, well, it's just written by men, but everything that's been written has been written by people, right? And so we just believe it was inspired by God, and so... You know, they wrote down what God wanted them to write down. So that which makes the Bible different than other books. So usually I try and focus in on one author, one part of the Bible. But I thought it was important to, to help us understand that this is a principle that, that, that's, that's all through the Bible. <laughs> and so we're going to quickly, not too long, quickly look at five different places, five different people wrote on this topic. All right, so the first one's going to be Moses. Back, uh, the Israelites going into the promised land, the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. And so this is critical because the Israelites were slaves for a bunch of years, 400-some years. Now they're free, but they don't, basically don't know how to run society. So God gives them rules for relationship and, and culture and society. And so as Moses is writing this, he says, God's telling him what to write, we believe. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to you ancestors. So he said, okay, the, the, some of these laws or rules are in the Old Testament. And God said, I'm going to give you these rules or laws to help you have a good life, good society, function well. In fact, part of God's plan was this. I've chose you Israelites to be my representatives to all the other nations. And so if you just do what I ask, do what I say, it's going to be best for you. Your life is going to go well. And then the other nations are going to look and say, hey, our God is not as good to us as your God is to you. We want to know this God, Yahweh God. <clears throat> that was God's intention. And of course, sometimes they did it pretty well. Other times they didn't do it very well. In fact, you read the whole Old Testament at one point, God let them be carried off into captivity for 70 years. That's a lifetime. A whole generation wasn't able to, to live in, in the promised land. And eventually, uh, they repented and started following the rules, and God let them come back. The interesting thing is they're just like us, right? Sometimes we do a good job, <laughs> and other times we don't. But God desires to have a greater intimacy with and I just thought of this this morning while I was talking. Um, my wife may ask me to do something, give me some instructions, uh, you know, traditionally take out the trash or empty the dishwasher, whatever. All right, so she doesn't really give me 
uh, they're not laws I have to follow, but suggestions. So anyway, uh, I desire to know them. I'll ask her what she'd like me to do, and then I do those things, and as we communicate those things, that brings us closer together. On the other hand, if she said, hey, I'd like to do this, I said, no, I don't think I want to do that. Is that going to draw us closer together? No, that's not going to draw us. It's going to push us farther apart. With God. So if we want to have greater intimacy uh, with God, we need to be attentive to the instructions He gives us. So again, summarizing it this way, when something captures your attention, it captures your life. It captures your, your time, your energy, uh, your devotion. <clears throat> so we're going to look at uh, four more examples from Scripture. One, next one's going to be from the Psalms that David wrote. David's the second king. We talked about him a lot. Uh, probably the greatest king uh, that Israel had. And uh, he's going to give us another insight into this topic of our attention. Psalm 119. He writes it this way. Make me walk along the path of your commands. Again, there's a path, a good path. that gives instructions or commands or laws. For that is where my happiness is found. Now, God is a good God, a loving God. So instructions he gives us are what? To make us sad? To ruin our lives? Destroy us? No, of course not. They're for our good, for our happiness. So he said, I, you know, I know what they are, kind of make me or help me uh, realize that they're for my good and then to follow those. Then he says it this way, turn my eyes away from worthless things and give me life through your word. All right, so how much attention do we give to worthless things? Not that you shouldn't have uh, relax and, and, and have downtime, but how much do, uh, do we give our worthless things? Um, so that's, that's David. Um, pathiness, happiness is found on the path <laughs> uh, that, that, that God wants to give us. Uh, don't be distracted. In fact, in fact uh, Proverbs, who Solomon, his son, wrote, we talked about him a couple times, uh, I think it makes it a little even more clear. He says, look at it this way. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Meaning straight ahead to what your goal is. All right? I mean, if your goal is over here, you've got to look over here. But look, you know, Figure out where it is you want to go, your destination, and don't get distracted. Uh, Keep going that way. Some, we got a, uh, a great athlete runner in our, in our congregation, keeps winning stuff. All right, when you run, you don't run like this. You run straight toward the finish line, right? And hopefully get there before everybody else. And she does sometimes, uh, which is fantastic. Um, so same thing in life. Figure out the desired destination and fix your eyes on it. Don't get distracted. Don't, and he says another interesting word. Don't get sidetracked. That's another word we use, right? Don't get sidetracked. Don't get, go off on this way and get off on this way. Don't let your attention, dis, uh, ADD, uh, get you, you know, fixated on something else. Um, it's interesting. I don't go to the mall very often, but when I go to the mall... I have a store I want to go to, and I know what I want to buy. I go straight to that store, I buy that thing, and then I leave. How do most people go to the mall? Some people, more ladies than men, I think, 
considered a recreational activity, right? Shopping. So, uh, look straight ahead, figure out where you want to go, go there, and don't get distracted or sidetracked. Let me use another word, intentionality. And be intentional about where you want to go. Be intentional uh, where you want to go with your relationship. It's so easy, especially in marriage, to just kind of, you know, <laughs> hope it will just keep on going. In all relationships, I say this all the time, relationships will go, always go downhill. In fact, we're going to have a word drift in the next passage, I think. Um, intentionality. Intentional about your health. Intentional about your finances. Intentional about your relationship with God. Just don't, again, you know, uh, wishful thinking is going to happen. Uh, I summarize it this way. Just three words, hopefully help us remember. Attention leads to direction. What gets my attention is where I'm going to go, and consequently, direction determines destination. If you keep going, that's where you're going to wind up. <clears throat> and Jesus, of course, talked about this, and he uses an interesting illustration uh, of light. And this is in the beginning of his ministry, Matthew 6, sermon, we call it Sermon on the Mount. He says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. Now, they didn't have flashlights back then, but I relate to this with a flashlight. So, if they went out at night, they had to have a lamp to go before them, and it's like they follow the light. I've only, went, I've only raced, done one race at nighttime, and it was on the Appalachian Trail. And so, I had two flashlights, actually. And let me tell you, did I run where I didn't shine my light? No. I was careful to make sure that I ran where I had my light shining because I'm on rock, running on rocks and on over branches, uh, roots and so forth. So the lamp, in my case, the flashlight provided light for the direction I wanted to go. My eye followed the light, correct? And so he's using that as an illustration. It says when your eye is healthy or when it's looking at what it should look like, your whole body is filled with light. You follow it in the right direction, right path. Then he says in the next, or, yeah, next verse, this is the opposite. But when your eye is unhealthy, or you're looking at things that are distracting you from your destination, your whole body is filled with darkness. You can't be going two directions at once. You've either got to go in the right direction or, or not so good direction. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, it's even a worse scenario how deep that darkness is. It's even worse when you think you're going in the right direction and you're going in the wrong direction, correct? Because uh, you're less likely to even make, make changes. So again, I want to summarize it this way. Attention impacts direction. Attention impacts your direction. And of course, your direction impacts your destination. So the writer of yeah, it's the next verse. The writer of Hebrews gives us a warning. This is maybe 30 years after Jesus um, the church is struggling with some things, and, and the author uh, here uh, writes instructions or warnings to us about this, this, our attention. He said, you must pay careful attention. So just don't live your life, you know, whatever, whatever. So pay close, our, our most careful attention. Therefore, to what you've heard, in this case, as Jesus' followers, to 
what we've, we know of God's, God's desires for us. Um, so that you will not drift away. It's easy to drift away, isn't it? It's easy to not pay attention. Um, thinking about uh, driving, especially with cell phones now. It's so easy to get distracted. And I'm sure we've all done this, even before cell phones, looked at something and realized the car was starting to drift over to the center line or starting to drift off. Fortunately, sometimes these roads have these bumpy things now to keep us in the middle. Some of the newer cars have things that keep you in the lanes. But it's easy to drift off, isn't it? So how do we, how do, we do this? Well, got to make a decision, intentionality, about what you're going to pay attention to. Got to choose it. You can take a financial class and and pay attention to how, how you use your finances. You can take a relationship class or read a relationship book or, uh, or whatever. And then pay attention to it. It actually means do what you learn, right? Uh, health-wise, we talked about doctor tells you to do something, do what the doctor suggests. Even though I'm kind of pushing back with my doctor. But anyway, <laughs> um, um, don't let yourself drift away. It's wasted time, it's wasted life, it's wasted energy, it could be wasted money, it could be wasted relationship. The time you've invested in a bad relationship, you could have invested in a good relationship. So, you've got to make a decision about what you're going to pay attention to. Intentionality. Now, another issue here, and we'll be finished in a few minutes. Another issue is, is with lots of things, it's really hard to see in the mirror. So when I get up and look at my mirror in the morning, it's hard to say, hey, I'm on the wrong path. I'm being distracted by this, or I'm being distracted by that. It's really hard to see, isn't it? And so that's why it's so important that people in your life that care about you, that love you enough to tell you. Now, we have some younger people in here. I know your parents seem like they're on your case a lot, right? And I've been a parent, and... Of course, I had a parent. Uh, uh, there's a principle here, and sometimes maybe our spouses feel like they're, they're doing this. Let me put the next slide up. Um, your response is where you are. Hey, I'm fine today. I can handle this. You know, whatever. Your, especially parents, <laughs> what are they doing? They're thinking. They're responding to where they're afraid you'll go, where you're going to end up. If you keep hanging out with those type of people, if you keep doing that, or you keep ignoring your studies, whatever it might be, right? I mean, you're fine. Today, I'm fine. Uh, you're just looking at today. But those that care about you, <laughs> they're looking at you afraid about where you're going to end up, where you're going to go. So please, be smart enough to have people around you that you allow, you accept their wisdom, for a better word, about what direction you're going. They can see things you can't see. So what has captured your attention? What has grabbed your attention? Um, not necessarily bad things. Maybe it's a hobby. It's good to have hobbies. Um, maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a person that's good for you. Maybe it's a person that's not so good for you. What has captured your attention? Yeah, I have to confess, I like to run, and most of my life I've been a, just a runner. <laughs> but I had a phase in my life where I would, 
obsessed with running, with running better, with running faster, with running longer. And that was a distraction from other things or other people that I could be uh, spending my time and attention with. So, again, attention influences direction, which influences destination. So let's pay attention. What is grabbing your attention? That's the next slide. Actually, move, get past that one to the next one. So here's, here's my summary for the day. Let's pay attention to the things that have our attention. And again, part of the problem is they're, they're emotional, aren't they? There's emotional attachments to those things that, that grab our attention, uh, whether they're addictions or not. So, what should we be paying our attention to? Certainly our spiritual life, right? Our connection with God, our intimacy with God. Uh, if you're married, your spouse is probably next on the list or highest on the list, pouring into that relationship. If you're a parent, obviously your kids. Um, let me just say one thing about your kids. Your kids' faith is so important. This was this almost an obsession with us when our kids were growing up. We prayed for our kids' salvation before they were born when we knew that our child was coming. Because to us, it's the most important thing that, that per- our, our, our kids get connected uh, with God. So we spend eternity with them, right? And there's so many distractions. I mean, there's a lot of activities, running and other things that happen on Sunday and it distracts you from church. Not that, you know, the only component is church. But make sure your kid's faith is a priority. Please, please, please. <laughs> and uh, one of the things I love is when kids come running up the sidewalk with smiles on their face. And I mentioned it to one parent this morning. That's what their kid did. If your kid, uh, let me put it this way. I think you want your kid to love coming to church, right? And so one of the things that you can help us with, if there's some reason your kid doesn't love coming to church, let us know. See, we can't fix that. Because your kid's faith is so important to your parents. I know it is. So here's your homework, whatever you want to call it, what to think about. Hopefully, you'll think about something past this time here this morning. What do you need to be paying more attention to right now? Now, we talk about this a lot. It's clear that God loves you and loves me. And he's given us a warning. And is tomorrow going to be any different than today? Is what you've heard going to have any influence on your life? And if you're a Jesus follower, it's a bigger question. What does God want me to do? What does God want to have my attention? And, you know, tomorrow might not make that much difference, but Think this way. Where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be spiritually in five years? Where do I want to be financially in five years? Where do I want to be relationally in five years? So it's critical that we pay attention to what has our attention. Let me pray with you. We'll have a song and let you go. Father God, we thank you for your wisdom. And in life, especially with social media, it's so easy to get distracted, so easy to get sidetracked, to get caught up in in often worthless things. Not necessarily bad things, just worthless things. Sometimes bad things. And so God, we would pray that we would pay attention 
so it grabs our attention, that it be worthwhile, that it would be healthy, uh, it would be light, not darkness. God, you know all these folks, you know the distractions in their lives, you know what changes they need to make. And so, God, I, I would pray they would understand that they'd be willing to, to uh, take action, that they'd have the courage to make those, those, those decisions and follow through with them. So always want to pray for anyone that's thinking about becoming a Jesus follower. That's the most important, the biggest decision any of us will ever make. And God has made it as easy as possible. Thank you, God, that you sent your son to die for us. It's a free gift. But we have to humble ourselves and admit that we are separated from you with, by our sin, and we don't want that. We want to be connected with you, God. And that's what you want, God. You want to adopt us into your family. So we want to pray for anyone in that situation here this morning that you would Take that step. Even if you're not going to step all the way across that line, you would step toward that line. You would step toward Jesus. And God, we know that you'll honor all these decisions, and we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.